0: Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
1: It's not about me I'm only here for a minute and I know that I can't fix it. I can help even just a little bit. Won't you let me try?
2: Hello, welcome to our last is Scott Powers with Mark Lazarus. I uh, accidentally spelled your name wrong in our uh, in our story
3: <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> you know, I'm wondering if they, I think google we 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 typed those up in Google Docs during the game. I'm wondering if they have like an auto correct. Because uh, I, 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 every every word processor I've ever used, I've had to input my own name. Otherwise, it translates it <laughs> to the uh, the Bible version of Lazarus. Freaking Bible! Bible's been causing me problems for years. But uh, I'm I'm used to seeing Lazarus a lot, so we, we could have probably just deleted it. But I thought it was funny. We did, but it was, it was funny. Your uh, he, he, quick wit went into play. So
2: um, <laughs> here we are. Blackhawks won a won a series. Uh, Swept. Victory Monday, yeah.
3: Victory Monday. He's <laughs> playing the parade and everything. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, we, we, we talked a lot after the Tampa Bay games that, hey, take it with a grain of salt. Tampa Bay is just on another planet than the Blackhawks are. And I think we have to take the same approach to the two wins against Detroit. Detroit was a historically bad team last year. And while they had a pretty decent start to this year, they're still a bad hockey team. Now the Blackhawks did what you're supposed to do against a bad hockey team. They beat them and they beat them relatively easily. They dominated for the most part aside from, you know, the first period. Uh but you, you you can't you can't put too much stock into it, but you can certainly feel a lot better about where things are headed after a couple of wins than you could have after the four games in Florida. Well, I,
2: I think every you know regardless of win or loss, it's like it's they're going to have to take the positives out of every every game, every series and and it's often the bulk. well, one I, I think you found a goal, at least for the time being. I think that was essential. I mean, you your your first four cracks at it, you give up five goals a game, you know, like you, you knew it had to get better where um as good as Florida, you know, as good as Tampa played and then Florida, you know, was was stepped down, but it was like some of the some of the numbers indicated that the Blacks were doing some better things than last season. Um, you know, small sample sizes, but the the problem was was when he had Crawford and Leonard and Nett, I, I think, you know, I think those outcomes would have been a little bit closer, not that they win those games, but um so I, I think to get a performance like Lincoln and you know the first the first game well obviously he gives up he gives them five two, but then they stick with him and, and for him to come back and um, you know, the play as well as he did against Detroit. But I, I think that the the rest of the team needed to see that. And I think the Blackhawks as an organization probably did too where they're they're gonna continue to give all three of these guys an opportunity. But part of the season was just designed um th- to give these goalies looks and and at some point you need those guys to have success otherwise you, you need to start looking somewhere else so I I think uh you know I, I think it was important for Lincoln and at least someone to emerge from from the first five games and you know they'll probably certainly give Lincoln a little bit more of the bulk of the starts until uh until proven otherwise but then then you look at all the other rookies I mean Khrushchev continues I was looking through the uh, natural stat trick today and the guys leaving like an expected goals and course and stuff for a bunch of like Hagel and Khrushchev and um you know there's so many young guys that have played well and you know i thought bogus has played you know we can get we can, we can get a little bit i know the question uh about bogus but you know like bogus and mitchell and like it's all been pretty positive you know i don't know if this season's gonna be be any different than we expected but uh blackhawk's gonna take some yeah i mean as many young guys as they've got in and i mean for pia Sweeter to have a a hat-trick in his sixth game. I mean, certainly these are all all positives for the future.
3: Yeah, and again, I think it really does. Lankanen makes such a big difference thinking you have a goalie back there. And again, he got the best draw here. Malcolm Subban and Colin Delia had to go up against Tampa. Then Delia got Florida. And then Lankanen came in against Florida, and he gave up five goals, like you said. But then he got two games against Detroit. And that makes a difference. So uh, I'm curious to see how he does. Subban.
2: Right? I mean, Subban gets the first game, and then he doesn't get this. Like, the at least he's a backup
3: right now. Hadelia's is on the taxi squad. He hasn't even been dressing these last couple of games.
2: Yeah, but yeah, it's but It's not like he's going to. Unless something happens, he's not getting it. Yet, you know, yeah. like he got the first game, the toughest game, and then. And then he, he doesn't even, you know, at least the other two guys got back the back games. Well, what if you're second. Colin
3: Delia, though, man? I mean, entering last year, you thought you were going to be the backup. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they signed Robin Leonard. And then you yeah. come into this year, you're finally going to get your chance. And you got two games. and Everyone's already chalking up Kevin Lankin and for the next 10 years, it looks like, uh, based yeah. on two games against Detroit. But, I mean, the, 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 like you mentioned, like the difference between a great goalie and a not great goalie, it's sometimes one save a game, two saves a game. You know, you, you know, in those those first four games of the season when the Hawks gave up five goals in every game, if you had Corey Crawford or Robin Leonard back there, you give up three or four goals a game. It's not great, but you can win a game that way. You can't win a game when you give up five goals, um, especially with, you know, you don't have the kind of offensive punch that you need. But uh, there's something about and There's you know Subban and Delia seem kind of antsy back there. They were making mistakes. They were having miscommunications behind the net. Lankinen has had much more kind of poise and confidence. And you know you can hear it in the way the players talk about him. They talk about him differently than they talk. We got a Connor Murphy clip that we want to play where he all but equates him to Corey Crawford already. So let's
4: hear that. He's great. Yeah, I think uh, he's a competitor and he seems to have that that poise um, poise about him and and uh, he's. Uh, He's impressive. He seems to, to take his game really serious and and uh, prepares uh, really well for a guy that uh, you can tell wants to be the guy and wants to um, be the one standing there behind us and being able to take uh, any situation. And he seemed to do that. I think there was times in the first uh, where we were we were playing well, but we gave up a couple great A chances in the slot that uh, he seemed to just shoulder off, and um, that reminds you of uh, when when we had Crow before. He seemed to do the same thing. Where um, those guys that that show that they can be good starters are ones that are able to um, make saves, make him look a little easier, and you see the replay and see uh, see how big of a chance it really was. So that's uh, huge for us, and uh, we're happy for him that uh, he's continued to grow this way, and uh, he's a, he's a fun guy to have back there.
3: I mean those are pretty I mean, I mean obviously you're, you're pumping your teammates' tires a little bit. You can't take that you know with much more than a grain of salt, but there, there's some truth to it too the The Hawks felt confident with Lankanen back there and I don't think those first few games they were playing with a lot of confidence because it felt like every time they made a mistake it ended up in the back of their net. Lankanen's doing enough to give the guys confidence to play a little more aggressively offense and not have to sit back and just pray. Uh, there's something to be said for that. And yeah, I mean, these, these are all good signs. We wrote about it at the beginning of the year, before the year, after the Tampa series, that this, this is not a Stanley cup year for the Blackhawks. It's probably not a playoff year for the Blackhawks. It's about seeing what you have in these young guys. And so far we've seen a lot. Pia Suter looks like a legitimate player. Um, it, Philip Korashev, uh, probably a year ahead of schedule, looks like he can play and he plays well in a top six role. Uh, and that line with Kubalik and Strom has been terrific. Um, and then you got Lankin in, and you got Boquis. Mitchell's been looking really solid with Dahan. Uh, the you know, has, has kind of rebounded after a, a a pretty brutal start to the season. He's looked uh, much more competent the last few games. Hegel has been a great addition. I don't know why it's coming at the expense of Matthew Highmore, who is a you know for me a, a perfectly adequate, solid fourth line guy that should be playing. But Hagel's I and mean, man, that guy can skate and he skates hard. He's fast, hard, aggressive. I like his game a lot. There's a lot to hang your hat on here if you're just trying to find positives out of this season. And that's all you can really do.
2: Yeah. I'm I'm
3: curious to see how this carries over to Nashville, who who isn't, you know, world beater.
2: But but it's, it's obviously a step up from Detroit. It's on the road. Um, because I, I feel like like there's some things to build off. Even like the defense from pairings, I think it makes more sense now. I think bulkus with Keith. Um, you know, it was a little bit up and down last year, but Bokwa seems more comfortable with Keith. Um, you know, Dahan and Mitchell. You know, like Dahan's been pretty good. In, yeah. You know, like he's getting shots through, and and Mitchell certainly had some tough lessons, where he's been on the ice for a bunch of goals, and probably been the reason for some of those goals. Um, but then also that uh, you know, Zadorov the, the, the and um, Murphy, like that, like that can maybe be a shutdown pair. Maybe like boy, you know, Murphy
3: looks really good all around this year, doesn't he? Yeah.
2: Now, so yeah, I don't know, there's some, I think there's something there and the forwards, you know, I think Soderberg gets a little bit more comfortable. I, I still you know, Walmark was so good in the training camp, but I'm I'm a little bit surprised that he came out, but they, they obviously had uh, high hopes for Yanmark and, and I thought Yanmark kind of reward you know, like he he proved them right yesterday. I mean Yanmark was argu- arguably one of the best players in the ice yesterday. Um so I think that's a tough decision, but I, I think the fact that they chose Soderberg to come in for uh walmart instead of you know hagel or kurashev like like he's certainly trying to play the young guys and he wants the colleton wants to balance it where he's not um you know like he wants veterans in the line because he feels like those guys support the young guys and it's important to have those young guys in but um yeah I, I, then there's just like even now like w- lucas carlson probably deserves a shot and highmore should be in the lineup but like where do you where do you place them like does carpenter deserve to come out like like where you know, like Carpenter, is someone who has a couple of years left on his contract, so I guess he's, you know, he's sort of someone that's kind of at least in the short term picture. And so I think there's some of that balancing there, but I, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, like yesterday I looked really good, and you know, obviously Friday against Detroit didn't look great. So like we'll, we'll see what happens in Nashville, but I, I think there's some things they can build upon, and certainly the young guys have, uh, are growing some confidence from these from these first few games too.
3: In Nashville, will they play with the fake crowd noise chant, It's all your fault, and Lincoln gives up a goal? And will they do all their silly little <laughs> you suck chants and stuff like that? I mean, if you're trying to create your home environment, that's the home environment in Nashville, right? Does
2: Nashville have fans? Is Nashville adding?
3: Fans? I don't think they are yet. I think they're trying to figure out if they can. By the way, it, I, I hate that there are fans in some of these games. Like, I'm sitting there watching the Dallas game last night, and, you know, three quarters of the fans don't have masks on. They're way too close to each other. They're yelling and screaming. It's like, What the hell are we doing? Oh, this is 25 yeah. million cases as a country. Can you not have fans in arenas for one goddamn year?
2: I saw, I saw the Buccaneers came home and they were getting celebrated. It's oh. all these people with masks, like, running Did up into the car. you see Arrowhead
3: Stadium in Lambeau Field yesterday? Jesus, like 30,000 people in there yelling and screaming, no masks. Clearly yeah. not separated at all. It was awful. Like, we are the stupidest country, I swear to God.
2: I took a walk by, uh, by Wrigleyville. You know, I, I don't live too far the other day and just... I could swear there's not a pandemic going on in Wrigleyville. Like all the bars up and down, like there was. They uh, just
3: opened up in Chicago too, didn't they?
2: Yeah, I, I don't know if even at that point I don't even know if it really officially opened up. But I feel like if you have a window open, like they're just kind of skirting the rules, you know, like anything yeah. kind of goes. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's being enforced here, here was, in Indiana. It was a little we, scary
3: we, to walk through. Just like I am not going to walk back this here, way. The restaurants have been open here in Indiana since the summer. And even as the numbers are brutally bad, like, just stay open. It's like, what the hell are we, you know, you go and try to get takeout from a place and you don't expect to see, like, just dozens of people sitting in their booths, talking and yapping and shoving chicken wings in their face. It's like, I, God, I don't know what we're doing. I was trying to look on the, uh, like, I feel like, I thought National recently announced something where, like, season
2: ticket holders would get uh Are they still going to
3: do it by zip code so Blackhawks fans can keep the red out, as they say? Yeah, <laughs> keep the red out finally for the first time. <laughs> um, um, I just, if I were, like, I, 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 I don't know. If I were a fan, I wouldn't want to go to a game. It's going to be weird. It's not going to be the same. You can't do much. I just, I don't know. I don't well, know.
2: You're probably not the same fans that are ones that are looking to go. So
3: yeah, they're they're still uh, <laughs> waiting for Trump to be inaugurated as the 19th president on uh, March 4th. I looked them all in there. Some somewhere. <laughs> anyway, back to hockey before I get fired. <laughs> um. Was, it's funny. I was looking at the division
2: standings, and none of it really matters now because there's a bunch of teams that haven't played either. Like that's always going to be yeah, like... every every
3: division's like super even with the amount of games and the essential. The Central's got like six, two, one, four. <laughs> yeah, so I that was pretty useless when I looked that up. But right um, now, as of tonight, right as of this second, the Blackhawks are in a playoff spot as we record this. Yeah, it's so, true. You know, hey, just these they hang your hat on something.
2: <laughs> um. I, I know we've been we've been doing this kind of different game recap, and it's it's been interesting to do for these games and cutting video and trying to do a little bit more analysis. And, um, but yeah, I don't know. If it's I feel like it's given me different insights into what uh, how the team's playing too, and the good and the bad. And, um, I'm not exactly sure where I'm going, just but I just uh, well, it's funny. It, I want to. There's so many games that it's all you know, like the, like I'm trying to get a wrap out just kind of grasp of what the season is so far. You know, like it's. Like, they played yesterday, and they their, they're playing again tomorrow, and it's a back-to-back. And it's just, yeah, it's it's so game-intensive. I'm curious,
3: just, uh, you're, 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 you you're know, for for the listeners out there, Scott's doing all this video stuff. I'm sitting there making cracking dumb jokes on Twitter while he's working his ass off during the games. Um, I'm curious about your, your, you know, we've talked before about how when you, when you came to this beat in 2013, the same year I did, you were not happy about it. You were not a hockey guy at all. And and now you're like the, you know, like you're like Tyler Dello out here cutting video and breaking film up. How much of that is you're working with Belfry with the book? How much of that is just your own evolution as a as a reporter? Yeah, a little bit of everything. Um I, I, I still think back to when the Athletic first started and today's the uh,
2: the five year anniversary, like um we we weren't credentialed, you know, by the Blackhawk. So so it was it was uh you know, it was asking people to pay for a subscription. Um without us having access like how am I supposed to make it this unique how are you going to pay for something that um you can get elsewhere and and you don't even get locker room access or you know so uh I I started cutting video and 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 I I felt like it forced me to watch the game differently and I often didn't know I, I think it's kind of evolved how I you know what I see and how I see it and certainly working with Belfry and and doing this longer like you just you watch a lot more hockey and you have a better understanding and asking questions but i feel like some of it stems from the beginning of the athletic trying to figure out different ways to provide coverage and then um you know yeah even now with the the pandemic like we you know like i i feel like we have a little bit of everything in the in those stories you know like we the, the video is a nice element but it's, it's it's what we get from the morning skates and post game access and um you know i think we play off each other a little bit and um yeah there's just yeah it's a nice little hodgepodge of everything and it's um yeah it's been it's been fun to do and yeah i certainly um yeah it's it's if you told me in 2013 i'd still be a fucking blackhawks writer like i probably, <laughs> probably slapped you at that point you know like it's just um it's just <laughs> I, i'd never imagined this so i, I certainly embraced it and tried <laughs> to grow and hopefully continue to grow but um this wasn't the uh the planned path and um, but yeah, I mean, the athletic five years later, too, like I just I don't think anyone gave us so much of a chance. So not only do we have one hockey writer for the Blackhawks, we have two. So it's uh, they certainly seen that hockey is important in Chicago and we put in the resources
3: in that. And um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been fun. Yeah, covering a game in this pandemic. This is this is our first weekend of really actually covering games. We got a, a little taste of it during the, the scrimmage before the season started. But um, it's it's weird. You know, it's it's like the game itself, it feels pretty normal, I think, when you're there. I mean, you got your mask on and you're not eating pretzels and M&Ms. But, you know, for the most part, we have a new vantage point. We're in the 200 level in the end zone, which is a little weird. I've seen like 700 games over the last eight years from center ice between the blue lines. And all of a sudden, I'm seeing it from the end zone. So that's taking some getting used to. But it's kind of cool to see the game in a different way. But once the game starts, it, it still feels like hockey. I mean, uh, the fake crowd noise is bad. The, the Dj I guess they have it the United Center keeps intentionally skipping the music like like it's a skipping record and the in weird spots and it's really annoying. But oh, beyond is that,
2: potential. I, I thought that was a. That's I what thought, someone
3: told me. I, th- I thought they had like a broken CD player. But who uses CDs anymore? I don't know. I think it's like the DJ being like, you Wiki wicky, wicky, wicky!" get like really like a cool I am stuff. Like it's really odd. Like, yeah. But when, I, you, I when, when a... you're doing that with like emo rock from the early 2000s, it just doesn't
2: work, man. Just play more Pearl Jam. It's like the it. same Red Hot Chili Peppers song happening to it or something. <laughs> I, I just I was yeah I was confused by it. I, Maybe it
3: is. Someone told me it was a DJ. I don't know. These are things I need to find <laughs> out. I'm allegedly a reporter. I
2: should look. at There this. there are some more Pearl Jam songs. Probably not enough to your liking. But they're, they're No, really it's not like the work.
3: old days when it was like you know six or seven per game. I think we had, I think we had eleven once.
2: I think uh, the DJ was just playing for you at one point. It there, felt eight, you know? it,
3: it, it. Yeah, it, <laughs> felt, it felt. I, I think I it was, it was probably for Patrick Sharp, who uh, has been backstage at a few Pearl Jam shows in this time. But uh, it, it's a it the the game itself. It's weird. Like you know, I I kind of I remember during the bubble. I was, like, living vicariously through Thomas Rance, our, our, our Canucks writer, who was doing his uh, Game of Chirps feature where... You yeah, know, how like, the hell did he hear anything? I don't know, that's can't what I want to know, is how did he hear that stuff? I can't, I, every now and then I could hear, like, you know, shoot, or feet, or fuck you, or something. But, like, he was making out, like... Complete conversations. on yeah, Kenny I don't. Squad. I don't know how he did that. I think like, what,
2: I, I can. Like Ian Mitchell, I wrote about it yesterday. I Thing I, I hear Aaron, Ian Mitchell yelling for the puck, and like he's the most vocal out yeah. there. But I can't make anything else out. Like it's just it's. it's yeah. really
3: like, like Tom was able to like you know break it down by which player was talking. All that I, I it was very impressive because. Like eight years of sitting in the arenas without headphones on, I, I can't. I can barely hear my kids talk to me when they're right next to me.
2: <laughs> we sit next to each other. We can't even hear each
3: oh, other. Oh god! It's like I, I, how many times? I'm what? You could know, say something to me about what we're writing, and I'm like, what? And you're through a mask. I'm like, Slack I during the I'm, game. Seriously, even like it's, six it's, I just can't hear anything anymore. But uh, uh, it, it's an interesting experience. It, it's 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 not the same, but it's not that different, really. I mean, what's different is obviously not being in the locker room and being able to actually, you know, yeah. talk to people.
2: It, it's it feels like a routine I already. Was, I was really worried about the vantage point because I, I feel like you know one I wasn't used to it, and whenever we've done there, sat in that sort of vantage point for like playoff games or something, just because we get stuck somewhere in an arena, uh,
3: like yeah, in Boston, Boston and St. Always, Louis. I remember yeah. Boston in the 2013 final and St. Louis in 2016. We had some end zone seats.
2: It's it's never been great, and then the scrimmage felt strange because maybe it was because it was both teams and you really couldn't make out who was who and. Yeah um But yeah, I don't know. I, the, the, it, it's felt better. Like I, I, special teams is really interesting when it's down at your end. Like you, you get a pretty good vantage point of that. Yeah. and you get. To, um, it's
3: it's nice to be able to see like the shooting lanes open up. Really, it's it's different than watching the the video game version of side to side.
2: I was gonna to say too about the uh, the Pearl Jam stuff is that uh, Mark and I are in a fantasy uh, hockey league together this year, and we, we were trying to figure out a logo and name and everything. And we took uh, when, when Nick Fidal and I picked up Eddie, or Eddie better jumped in Nick Fidal and my my arms uh, back in uh, 2016 in the Cubs playoffs that we uh, Mark put uh, his own face on Nick Friedle's a very too, crude
3: so. Photoshop and a Mets logo over his Cubs jacket because I can't <laughs> be looking around in the Cubs jersey. Come on. Sorry, sorry. It just made me laugh, so um, but yeah no, but yeah, I don't
2: it's been nice being like i it's been healthy going out and actually covering something, you know, like yeah. being there and you you feel less disconnected from uh you know watching the games on on the t v and just you know doing everything over zoom, so so being there and actually being present and feeling like you're actually a part of something was yeah, it's been good, I think,
3: yeah, you know the access you know we we've all we've all been concerned about it, you know, and it 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 i it was. It wasn't great in the summer. Like, I didn't feel like over the bubble that it was well, but it, we, we've gotten to a better rhythm with it now. There's fewer people on the calls. It's just those of us that really cover the team on a regular basis. We're getting follow-up questions in. When we need one-on-ones, the Hawks have been pretty good about getting us one-on-ones. So, you know, the the, the coverage hasn't suffered quite like I feared it would. It's not what I want it to be. It's not what you want it to be. But, uh, you know, we're all we're all making do with what we can. I mean, our access is not the biggest priority during a global pandemic. It might be selfish of us to care about that. We do care about it, but it's obviously not the biggest priority. I think all told, the NHL seems to be doing a pretty good job of putting this all together outside of, you know, like the Carolina Hurricanes and the Dallas Stars getting all COVIDy.
1: And now,
0: two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight? Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy! I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not you chewing your sunflower seeds.
3: DirecTV has the most MLB
0: games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice-back or higher availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply.
2: And we're still doing some enterprise stuff, and we had the, the Jersey numbers story today. You got a cool piece on Kane and his centers tomorrow, and um, hopefully, obviously, there's going to be a little bit more game uh, just intensive coverage today, just because the amount of games. But we're certainly going to try to break off and do some of this more interesting stuff. And um, we, uh, with the podcast this year, we have uh, we have a phone number and email if people want to uh, connect with us and. Uh the phone number is uh seven one four seven five nine four five two nine. And then the email is las and powers uh, at gmail And uh we'll certainly uh we got our first uh first voicemail over over the weekend and uh, uh we can play that in a little bit uh and then, uh, but, but I guess, I guess the lesson for this first, uh, voicemail was if people can keep them short, then we can play them. And, and, <laughs> yeah, it does. And, I,
3: I think three minutes is the limit on the machine and this guy got cut off and, uh, <laughs> I don't think he had arrived at his question just yet. So yeah, try to keep it to like 30 seconds to a minute tops and, uh. You're more likely to get on the air that way or on the I don't know, it's not air, I guess. It's not like radio, but on the cloud. I don't know how you would call <laughs> this. But uh you know, leave us voicemails. It'll be funny, you know. It's it's more fun than us just reading your tweets. So again, it's seven one four seven five nine four five two nine. Our producer's from Southern California, so blame her.
2: And then the email is las and powers at gmail dot com. Um but yeah, let's let's play we'll play the we'll play our first first ever voicemail for Laz and Powers. Heavily edited.
1: Yes. Hey, uh, hey, Scott and Mark, um, my name is Ryan Rosenberger, I am a diehard Hawks fan and um, have been subscribed to The Athletic for uh, roughly four or five years now. Basically, I just kind of want to ask, you know, um, I feel like there are two defensemen who have kind of drifted in terms of, I don't want to say only media coverage, but just kind of buzz the two defensemen I'm asking about are Nikita zadorov and uh Adam boquist you know
2: the, the question was it was essentially about uh, boquist uh and zadorov and one boquist being under this microscope um early in the season and and, and and sort of whether that's fair or unfair and then the other second part was about zadorov and um you know he was brought in to probably be paired with with bolquist or Mitchell, and, and he's now he's paired with neither where, where he fits in and um, I, I guess starting with the, the Zidorov part, I, I think they've actually like they like Zidorov. They they realize that he's not, um, like they they're hoping that he's not a finished product that they that they know uh like like certainly his passing and in some of those you know puck skills they, they hope he improves upon and you know and they, they probably look at murphy as someone they can see someone who can make some strides later in his career too but um they like how he defends and especially how he skates and how he plays in the d zone and um you know i, I think they seem as like a four or five defenseman someone they can uh you know that they can be part of the long-term mix and certainly bring some elements that the other guys don't have so um, you know, certainly the thought was to bring him in and, and
3: pair him with one of the young guys, but it hasn't worked. But maybe him and him and Murphy make sense. And then, uh, with Boquist, I mean, it, it, it seems that you know, and, and we were hard on him the first few games because he was not good the first few games. I mean, I know each of us heard from people even within the organization, why are you getting so hard on Boquist? He's not the only one struggling, no, but he's the centerpiece, right? He's your guy, he and Doc are. They're the Keith and Taves of the future, right? I mean, so there's obviously going to be more scrutiny on those guys than on some of the other players. Um, but he, you know, I, I, he seems just so much more comfortable with Duncan Keith than he did with Zadorov. Keith's kind of a safety blanket for him. He likes him. He's kind of a father figure to him almost, um, as I wrote about a, a couple of weeks ago. Um, he's been I better. Think he's he's been, getting
2: him the puck too. You know, like it's yeah. Keith can move Bolquist, whereas Zadorov, I think. It's harder for Bokus to to move around and get the puck. and Yeah, and kind Keith can roll. do a little
3: bit of the uh, Benny the Jet Rodriguez, hold your glove up in the air. I'm going to make you look good thing that can give you some confidence and maybe you move forward. And, uh, you know, Bocas, he's looked a lot less uh, tentative and, and, and hesitant with the puck these last few games. Um, and that's what we need to see because that's what we didn't see in Edmonton. He looked skittish and skittish is a bad look for a defenseman. So, uh, a lot, yeah, there's definitely been progress these last few games from Bogus. There's, there's there's things that you want to see happening, and it's just a matter of, you know, when is he going to be able to take that next step? Because, honestly, the kid wasn't even supposed to be in the NHL yet by now. He's way ahead of schedule, and there's going to be a steeper learning curve as a result. And with Bogus, ultimately, it's
2: it's going to be the offensive stuff he's going to be evaluating on. Like, those first, like, three or four games, like, defensively, he was probably better than Keith. Like, you look at the scoring chances and, you know, goals against and. Uh, Keith was was at fault for a lot of goals. Oh, he yeah. was also driving offense, like in the, on the power play and and you know some five on five. That like Keith was offensively better than Boquist. and so you know, like it's an upside. You know, obviously a positive. Boquist improves defensively, but like you need, like you you brought him up, you draft him because you expect him to be like Eric Carlson, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, they want him to be this offensive uh, puck wizard, and and he needs confidence. He needs to grow on that side. Like he's capable of doing a lot, and. And, you know, when we saw him in prospect camp, like he just, he, he was was like, wow, you know, and, and yeah. you you, know, you don't expect that at the NHL level, but there's, there's that in him and they need to see more of that. So I, I think some of it's unfair, but it's also like, well, he's not doing what you, you need him to be like his ceiling, like, like there, there are parts of his game that are never going to add up, you know, like he, he's a decent enough skater and he, he's not going to get much, much bigger. Like, you know, he's still going to be an undersized defenseman, but you need him to reach his you know, closer to his offensive ceiling and, and have the ability to create and, um you know, for himself and others. And so I, I think that's where uh, there's probably a little bit of disconnect on the microscope just because, yeah, expectations are pretty high. Like, he was a top, you know, top top 10 pick. And um, and it, yeah, it's, it's it, the
3: defensive deficiencies, nobody's going to care about them if he's putting up 60 points a game. Yeah, for sure. When I mean, Eric Gustafson was putting up 60 points and leading the power play to, like, a 40% percentage, you know, whatever, he sucks defensively. Who cares? Look what he's doing offensively. That's, you know, Ian Mitchell is going to be more of a two way guy, I think they're hoping for. But if was can just be that offensive wizard who drives everything from, from the back end, then the defensive deficiencies will be much easier to overlook. But if he's not doing anything offensively and he's still having trouble on his own zone, then yeah, he's going to get called out for it because he's the future. He is the big piece. Uh, and. You know, while Kirby Doc has kind of put the do- the doubters aside, Bokwis hasn't done that yet. And that's that's fine. It takes guys time. Not everybody is Kale McCarr. Not everybody who just walks right in. Quinn Hughes, uh, you know, Miro Heiskanen. It, it doesn't always work that way, especially for defensemen. So there's still plenty of time for Bokus, But, yeah, the microscope on him is going to be harsher than it is for other players. That's what comes with being a top-ten pick. It's why Alex Nylander gets it, because he was a top-ten pick. Yeah, That's Dylan Strom. I mean, Dylan Strom was a bust in Arizona. Then he comes to Chicago, he's been, you know, on like a 60-point pace every year, which is pretty darn good in the NHL. So he, sometimes it just takes time, it takes opportunity, it takes the right situation. Um, Boquist is a young defenseman on a pretty bad defensive team, and he's going to get exposed as a result. But it's just a matter of, of the incremental progress you see, and that's what we've seen these last few games. And if that continues, then everything will be happy. Yeah,
2: and they're going to give him the opportunities. I mean, he's still on the top unit, yeah. and they're... Uh, and because their expectations are low, that they're gonna, you know, they're gonna build up his ice time and give him more responsibility. So, like, I think a lot of those things are gonna play, you know, play a factor in the development of all those young guys. I mean, if this was a winning team, uh, you probably wouldn't see Kuresev or Hegel in the lineup right now. Right. You know, like they're um, so. Yeah, I think that's a key factor this season, just getting in many of those young guys and, and not Kuresev. You know, like he's he's thrown on a power play unit, and um, you know, I, I think Collaton knows that he he wants to ease those guys into it. And I know some fans are like, well, they should be, you know, accelerated faster, but he, you know, last year it worked pretty well with Doc. And I think the fact that Carlton has played, you know, Kershev and Hagel and, um, and and certainly Mitchell and but it's like there, there isn't a bit of an emphasis on playing those young guys and just surrounding them a bit with veterans. So um, I think that's where at least the organization mentality is. They realize that these guys are all like, I think Hagel and have are further along than than Carlton expected, but the fact that they showed up
3: and uh, he, he's put them in a lineup because he thinks they belong now. Yeah, he's not blocking them because there's no reason to block them. This season's not about winning. If they win, it's a bonus. Yeah. Uh, and some, some people would look at it as a bad thing if they win.
2: I almost thought about that. Detroit may be in the uh, own power. They might be
3: in full position right now. Well, as, as I reminded a few uh, uh, fans who were like, why are we celebrating this? Detroit was horribly horrible last year and drafted fourth. So yeah. it's a draft lottery. You don't get any kind of guarantees. You just want to be near that. Uh, you want to be the in the top mix. five. Yeah. If the Hawks yeah. are in the top five, then they'll they'll be in the mix. So, yeah. um, enjoy enjoy the, enjoy the the progress of the young guys. I mean, this is this is the last two games. It, it, was, it it's it's if you're a fan, it's exciting to see that. It was exciting last year to see what Kirby Doc was becoming. You know, Kuroshiev, Suter, these guys are exciting to watch, uh, and it gives you a reason to care and a reason to keep subscribing to the Athletic. Yeah, this is something to write about.
2: <laughs> Um, So, yeah. So call us. uh, I think the plan right now is to do most of number one more
3: time because I don't think people are writing while they're driving. 714-759-4529. We'll have to come up with like a a spelling out like in the old days for that. (laughs) We'll get some
2: unique, unique word out of that. But yeah, we'll we'll be recording mostly on uh, on Monday. So if. Probably ideally get it to us uh, late in the week, or you know. Yeah, I mean the, the Hawks weekend. are usually
3: playing on the weekend, so if you get it to us on a Sunday, that's uh, yeah. Keep it for call, call
2: and rant. That'd be would be fun too. Just do
3: it in thirty seconds, 30 seconds. or a minute tops. Yeah. <laughs>
2: um. So yeah, we got a, uh, we got some stuff planned this week, some more game coverage, and we'll be back with the podcast next week again. Uh, From Mark Lazarus, I am Scott Powers, and this is Liza Powers. See ya. I, can't fix it.
1: So I can help even
0: just a little bit. Won't
1: you let me try? Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner StubHub has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order from a worldwide selection of live events The widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.